0: Love Talk Radio.
1: I'm your host, Shanice Lewis, coming to you live from Los Angeles. Today is Monday, October 7th, 2013. Make sure you like Plus Model Radio's Facebook page at facebook.com slash Plus Model Radio and follow us on Twitter at Plus Model Radio. Today on the show, we have celebrity stylist, Spry Lee Scott, author and body image expert, Virgie Tobar, but up first is Ida Danielle. Ida Danielle started Ida Cosmetics in Los Angeles in 2008. Ida was born in Paris, France, and moved to San Francisco to continue her college education and worked part-time as a runway model. She quickly realized that her true passion was with makeup, working behind the scenes and not in front of the camera. Ida strongly believes that women should feel beautiful and glamorous without having to spend a fortune on cosmetics products let's welcome ida to the show hi
0: hi how are you
1: i'm good how are you
0: i'm great thank you for having me
1: now before you started your cosmetics line uh, what were you doing? You were modeling. What type of modeling and things you were doing before you found your passion?
0: Yes, uh, before I started my cosmetic my line, I was modeling in uh, San Francisco, California, and um, I was doing mostly runway and plus-size modeling, sitting modeling um, locally there. I also had so, um, two, several jobs in, in the social media um, field.
1: And so you said you were a plus-size model when you were in San Francisco. Yes. And so um, that's how you uh, learned to embrace women of all shapes and sizes because you're a curvy woman yourself.
0: Yes, I consider myself as a curvy woman, and I I think that curvy women are beautiful and don't get recognized enough. So that was one of the reasons um, why I wanted to target the plus-size community.
1: Now, tell me a little bit about your cosmetics and what sets it apart from other brands.
0: Um, I think that what sets it apart from other brands is the fact that the makeup uh, color is really great. We have a wide range of colors and really, really bright colors that can go with all complexions. The quality is excellent, and the price is really competitive and affordable to everyone.
1: And that's important that it's for all shades, not just African-American women, but for everybody.
0: That is correct. The makeup is for all women, all nationalities, all uh, race, all skin types. You can um, find your shade with Ida Cosmetics.
1: Um, Now, you mentioned um, a while ago that you wanted to specifically reach out to the plus size community, and as a matter of fact, I met you at a plus-size event. So even before the Confidence and Glamour campaign was launched, you knew this was a great market to advertise to. Now, why was that?
0: Well, the reason why is because I myself, you know, consider myself a plus-size girl, and I know that plus-size girls are very beautiful and really into fashion and makeup and just like every other girl, but they don't really get recognized um, often by, you know, fashion or cosmetics brands. So that's the reason why I will attend this event, because it was important for me and for my partner to go out and support, you know, plus-size businesses.
1: And so you um, launched this Confidence and Glamour campaign. Now tell me about this campaign.
0: Well, this campaign... Um, Actually, you know, was introduced to me when I was thinking about you, Shanice. Um, I remember meeting you the first time on the red carpet where you were hosting, and your energy level and your beauty was, you know, was very striking, and I just really loved your personality. Um, after you interviewed me, you know, I saw you again at another event, and then I pushed you and I gave you, you know, my card, and I said, I really want to work with you. Um, I, I explained to you about my business, and we got together. and. Confidence and Glamour, the name really, you know, came about when I was thinking about you because you were going to be the face of this campaign, and, you know, when I see you, the thing that, you know, strikes me is somebody very confident, somebody uh, glamorous, someone that loves, you know, um, you know, shiny things and glittering and sparkling things, and so I wanted to have something that can emphasize, you know, all the girls out there that are plus size and that are plus size beauties and to relate and to know that no matter what, you have to feel confident and you have to feel glamorous.
1: Right. And it's rare a cosmetic company uses a plus-size woman for a campaign. So how um, did it turn out with the success of the campaign? Was this a, a successful campaign for your company?
0: It was a very successful campaign. And, and just like you mentioned, this is something that we rarely see. I mean, I know um, we know other people, Brands like Covergirl that use Queen Latifah, but other than that, it's not something that you often see. And I wanted something that was going to be shocking, not your average uh, model that's being used for um, the campaign and uh, publicity and advertising in magazines. So having you uh, on there was a huge success. While we had a lot of increase in our sales, we had a lot of uh, plus model girls throughout the whole, you know, country and even uh, overseas. You know, reaching out to us and tracking interest about what we're doing and telling us that they were proud and they wanted us to keep going. So it was very, very successful for us.
1: So um, what other plans do you have for the future of the Confidence and Glamour campaign? Was it a one-time thing or is it something that's going to be ongoing?
0: Well, we decided because of the success of this campaign to uh, make it an ongoing thing um, that we're going to be doing every year promoting, you know, certain items that you will be selecting, um, you know, from our from our product line that we can push and have you do another photo shoot with us and, you know, advertise again with different magazines because it was very, very successful and it's something that we need to keep going and, and get this trend going with the confidence and glamour in the plus community.
1: So you are proof that a plus-size woman can sell products for anything, not just plus-size clothing.
0: Absolutely, you know, and and I think that you know plus size clothing has been done over and over again, and um you know we are opening the door now to other cosmetic brands to you know to follow our footsteps and use you know plus size model plus size beauties and you know someone like you that that is a model but also you know beauty queen to to you know to do beauty shots because it's really just about you know demonstrating the face and and it's such a huge market um in the U S especially because the average woman is a size 12 and up, and I think that that's, a, you know, that's a target in the market that shouldn't be ignored at all.
1: Right. So even if you wasn't advertising to this type of woman, she still would have been one of your main customers anyway.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and you know, people reach out to you and when they can relate to, you know, the model, the face of the product. So, you know, you selecting a, an average size girl that is, you know, below size 12 is not really going to be relatable to the rest of the, you know, the rest of the citizens of America where most women are not a size zero. So it's completely irrelevant uh, with the body type and the beauty because beauty um, comes in all size and shape.
1: Right, exactly. And so what is the ultimate goal for your branding company? Because I know, um, you know, you're originally from Paris, so I know this is something that you wanna take the campaign worldwide.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We uh I've been targeting the international market and this this is a campaign that you know next year we wanna advertise, um, uh, publicize this campaign also in France where I'm originally from and um I we you know we can reach out to different magazine and, and radio station locally there and, and make some noise about this campaign uh overseas, especially because you know i'm from I'm from Paris and I know that in France and you know throughout europe um you know when you're a plus size girl you you don't have necessarily the confidence uh, that society gives you because everyone is usually a smaller size so that would be an interesting thing to do because in the u s most women will relate but the percentage of women that will relate overseas and in europe uh, will be smaller, but it also will create a lot of noise and shocking for people to say, "Oh, we are so glad that there's a cosmetic brand that's using a decent type of model that we are used to, you know, for the past years."
1: And uh, speaking of, you know, your campaign continuing, I know you told me when the campaign uh, campaign launched, a lot of girls emailed you and said, "If you ever need a model, um, look me up." So, are you looking? for other models or do you have everything taken care
0: of? Well yes, we received.
1: <laughs> that is very true,
0: we received so many different emails, you know, through Facebook and and uh, direct messages on Twitter and even email through our company email for girls saying, you know, we, we saw your, your advertisement which you need plus model magazine and you know uh, and other magazine out there and we want we want to model for you and this campaign was exclusively for you. So we're not looking to get any additional models. And for next year we also want to use you again, Chinese, because um, you know, you have a huge following and you're someone that, you know, little girls look up to you. Um, maybe that's something that we can include other girls in your future, but that's not something we have decided on at this point.
1: And I know you are going to be very busy for LA Fashion Week. So give us the rundown of everything you're going to be involved with uh, this month.
0: Um, Yes, yeah, Fashion Week is something that's very, you know, dear to my heart because being in this industry, we want to follow the trends. We want to, you know, keep up with fashion and know what are the different uh, colors and styles so we can also, you know, keep up with that. And so for Fashion Week this year, we are focusing on the plus size community and we are going to be... Um, you know, sponsoring one of the sponsors for Hot Curves um, Fashion Week that's going to be taking place um, at the L.A. Convention Center. And we are, you know, we are giving a $100 gift card to a winner that is coming, flying to L.A. for Fashion Week, and we are going to do our makeup and give her the whole experience. Um, And we are also going to be part of Posh um, Fashion Week on the following week, on the 20th. Um, And that we're going to do makeup for all the models, all the plus size models while they walk down the runway, as well as providing uh, gift bags, 100 gift bags for the the guests attending the show.
1: So you um, and your company have been involved in a lot of fashion shows and a lot of productions. What's the difference with working with the plus models versus the straight size models?
0: Um, you know, I honestly like the energy of the PLUS models. I, I, I find them very, very friendly, very, um, you know, very happy to be a part of this. And the energy level is great, um, maybe because they eat more. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because a lot, <laughs> a lot of regular models, you know, starve themselves. So I guess that probably creates a lot of attitude problems because I know I have an attitude when I'm hungry. So, um, um, so I just find the, the models very, very happy, very fun to work with, very you know, energetic, and it's always, you know, we worked with Tash last year, and we had an amazing time, and so we're hoping for the same this year. And, um, you know, the main main difference is that it's something that's new, so people are curious to see, like, wow, you know, plus-size girls, plus-size beauties can wear this, or they they can have swimsuit, and they can wear this kind of crazy makeup, and they are always happily surprised by the turnaround.
1: Right. And so, do you have anything else coming up that we should be on the lookout for? We know you with hot curves October twelfth posh October twentieth, and anything else um on the horizon
0: um yes, we have uh, also worked on a on a breast cancer campaign right now in the month of october um last year we uh Ida study partnered up with bright things and we had um a, a breast cancer walk and we're also gonna do um a breast cancer walk this year and we also did a cover shoot for a magazine um, using Yushanis and promoting, you know, breast cancer awareness. And we're also going to continue uh, offering a lot of special offers, um, discounted offers to everyone buying our pink products, where they can get a discounted rate throughout the whole month of October.
1: Oh, so I didn't know that myself. So the pink, the pink, like lipstick and what else? Uh,
0: yeah, the pink lipstick, the pink blushers, the eyeshadows, the lip gloss. Everything pink will be at a discounted price, and we will start advertising this by um, end of week this week.
1: Okay, perfect. And um, we should also mention that um, coming soon will be the Confidence and Glamour Workshops. That's Absolutely. very, very new, but it's worth mentioning.
0: Yes, it is. We are so excited about this opportunity to do a Confidence and Glamour Workshops, so um, IDAC has many partners with Chinese and we're gonna go be speaking with uh a hundred uh teenager um, you know, at a, a non profit organization coming up in November and we're gonna to try to make it very fun and interesting for everyone and talk about, you know, confidence and and um bullying and, you know, uh, just violence that as happens a lot between teens and, and, you know, how they target, you know, looks and show them that, you know, beauty is just so much more than just looks, and, and beauty comes in every size, every shape, every color uh, possible. So it's going to be very interesting to do this, and this is something that I think w- works really well with what we're trying to do, the message that we're trying to do behind the Confidence and Glamour campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. And so tell us your official website and social network so we can keep up with Ida Cosmetics.
0: Our website is www.com. Aida Cosmetics is spelled A I D A Cosmetics dot com. Uh we are on every social uh, media possible. <laughs> um um Twitter at Aida Cosmetics, Instagram at Aida Cosmetics, Facebook.com backslash Aida Cosmetics. So you can find us everywhere. Um Pinterest, Tumblr at Aida Cosmetics.
1: Awesome. And I know a lot of people um, mispronounce it. Um, and you want to say it's Ada because it starts with an A, A I D A, but it's pronounced Ida. It's pronounced Ida just like the play,
0: uh, the opera, Ida, um, you know, meaning a princess. So it is Aida Cosmetics.
1: Awesome. So I um, am excited that I get to work with you. My experience has been great, and the cosmetics is great, and I am excited to continue with the Confidence and Glamour campaign.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Janice. We are very excited to be working with you.
1: Well, all right, Wayne. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And up next on this show is... Virgie Tobar. she is an author, activist and one of the nation's leading experts on, and lecturers on fat discrimination and body image. She is the editor of Hot and Heavy Fierce Fat Girls on Life, Love and Fashion. She holds a master's degree in human sexuality with a focus on the intersections of body size, race and gender. After teaching female sexuality at the University of California at Berkeley, where she completed a bachelor's degree in political science in 2005, she went on to host the Vergie Show on CBS Radio in San Francisco. Vergie has been featured by MTV, the San Francisco Chronicle, NPR, Huffington Post, Bus Magazine, Jezebel, ExoJane, and San Francisco Weekly, as well as on Women's Entertainment Television and the Ricky Lake Show. She lives in San Francisco and offers workshops and lectures nationwide. Let's welcome Virgie to the show. Hi. Hi, how are you?
2: Hi. I'm, huh? I was just saying, how are you?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm good. So growing up, did you have as much body confidence as you do now?
2: No, I definitely didn't. Um, I mean, well, it's funny because for a long time, before I was, before I went to primary school, I actually had a lot of confidence. I didn't really have any awareness of my body um, before I was maybe five or six. And then, uh, and I remember, you know, being in preschool and, like, feeling really confident. And I thought of myself as kind of a badass. And I had, like, a little boyfriend named Ray Ray. And Ray um, Ray was (laughs) like... Ray Ray was like half my size. Anyway, at that time, nobody really had taught me anything about my body that was negative. And then when I got into kindergarten and first grade, that was when I really got a lot of intense education around what it meant to be fat. I learned that I was fat and that fat was bad, and that kind of started this really long period of, like, learning body shame and, and like, literally having to unlearn it, and it's, you know, it's taking me years, and I'm still unlearning it in a lot of ways, so Definitely not. Like There's definitely been huge. I, I would say the majority of my life I have lived in body shame versus body confidence.
1: Wow, and it's crazy that you can remember that as early as kindergarten. And yeah, you don't yeah. realize what they, they say to young girls can literally stick with them for their entire life.
2: Right, exactly. I mean, I was, there's actually research that shows um, that you know when researchers ask children who are five years old if they would rather be fat or lose an arm, they choose losing an arm. So they're, they're, I mean, they're definitely by the age of five already deeply aware of like cultural biases and discrimination against fat bodies.
1: So how did you go from you know having low self-esteem from becoming confident? Enough to be a sexologist because I know some people are very confident but they still wouldn't talk about sex publicly.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, th- in a lot of ways, I think it was like sex and how much I wanted sex that really pushed me to become a little bit more outgoing than I was. I mean, essentially, like, yeah, I was taught that my fat body was unattractive and that nobody would ever want to sleep with me and no one would want to date me because I was fat. And then when I was about 17, um, I was like so, I mean, I was so horny. Like I was like, I was like ready to date. I was ready to have sex. Um, and I remember um, it was like Thanksgiving break, and there was a commercial on the television really late at night for this phone personals ad. And at the time, like phone personals were really big. It was right before the big um, online chat boom, happened, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, it's perfect because people can get to know me for who I am inside, and, and then I can you know, meet them maybe eventually, and they won't mind that I'm fat, and do 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 and what I found was that, no, A, nobody cared about my body size, B, I had no problem dating, I had no problem getting sex, I had no problem getting boyfriends, I had no problem getting marriage proposals, um, all of these things, essentially, like, I think that a big part of gaining regaining my confidence was actually having as much sex as I did and dating as much as I did when I was young, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, and it, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was men, the men I was dating who taught me that the culture was really wrong about my body and that my body was super desirable, and so that was like the first step, and then I went to college and met a lot of women who, you know, were really active in feminism and who taught me that essentially as a woman that I had the right to live my life based on my rules and my terms, and that, um, and that was really, you know, really, really, really influential, so I would say those two things were two of the biggest reasons why I started to change my attitude toward my body.
1: So um, well, let me just clarify. So you're saying that when you found attraction from the opposite sex, that's what helped boost your body confidence?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that because I had, yes, and, and I think also um, because I'd been taught, that I, I had been told the lie that men would never want to be with me because I was ugly because I was fat, and when I found that men were actually attracted to me and that I could date lots and lots of people, I could date whoever I wanted, um, I started to really question what the culture had taught me, and it really started to push me to sort of question other things. So I think in some ways, yes, like sexuality kind of became like the door, and I walked through it, and then I kind of found all these other amazing things.
1: And then you went on to write this book, Hot and Heavy. Now tell me about this book because I know it touches on some of the the, uh, topics like sex.
2: Yeah, I mean, Hot and Heavy is actually an anthology. It has 31 p- women's writing in it. So 31 fat-identified women wrote stories that were I, – I asked women to answer the question – you know, how did you go from hating your body to loving your body? Because I found in the few years before writing the book, when I was actually researching for my master's degree, I met a lot of fat women who were amazing and beautiful and fierce and sexy and really confident. And I wanted to know their stories. And so I asked a lot of them, how did you become this way? And so essentially the book is like a collection of stories of how did these women become self-confident? How did these women learn to love their body in a culture that tells them that their body is wrong. And so there's so many stories, like there's stories about sex, there's stories about motherhood, there's stories about fashion, there's stories about politics. Um, I mean, the the very, very first story that's in the book, the first chapter, um, is actually about a woman who... Um, would have died in a car crash if she hadn't been fat and literally so she's in this horrible head-on collision um, she doesn't have any airbags and she ends up getting airlifted out of her car and then she wakes up and the doctor tells her that she is alive because her belly saved her from the steering wheel going into her body and like ruining her organs so I mean and I think like this is the kind of story that the culture never hears like nobody ever hears a story about that being positive, that fat could actually save your life. And so I love that story when, when the person told it to me, and that's why it's the opening chapter in the book. But that's like, that's just one example. There's so many different stories in the book. Yeah. So, um, you know, you
1: use the word fat freely and you're like on a, the activism side, uh, of, of, the plus size community how do you feel about the the plus size models and the plus size fashion industry because you know we have the same goals about body acceptance but it's kind of two different sides in some ways
2: yeah I'm really 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 supportive of plus size models and and you know plus size you know people in the plus size industry altogether. I actually think um but so first of all, you know I really resonate with a lot of um, fashion, like plus size fashion. I love it. Like I love going to shows like plus size models, plus size trunk shows. Like I love seeing, um, all of the things that come out of the plus size community. So I'm really, really, really supportive. Um, I actually also think that it's exciting because I feel like it's, it's one part of, uh, I do consider it part of fat acceptance or body acceptance. Um, and I feel like it's one of the areas of that, activism that is actually really well represented by women of color, which is really important to me. I feel like fat activism um, actually isn't, when people think of of fat activism as a political community, I feel like there isn't a lot of diversity in the leadership, or at least there's not a lot of visible diversity. And I feel like that's totally the opposite in the plus-size community. So I'm really, really, really excited about and supportive of um, of plus-size work.
1: And it's interesting you should say that um about the women of color, are you a woman of color?"
2: I mean, I I identify as woman of color. I'm half Mexican and half Iranian. Um, I think that it kind of depends. Like, growing up in California, there's a really large Mexican community, and I feel like there is a lot of um, radical conversation around race if you are Latino. I think that in different parts of the country, I am interpreted differently racially. So it's kind of a complicated question. Like, yes, I identify as woman of color, but I understand that. um, I don't think that everybody sees me that way.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. I wish I could talk to you more about that. You'll have to come on and we get in the the that in depth. But I want to talk <laughs> about your I want to talk about your lose hate not wait campaign because I think that's awesome
2: yeah um lose hate and all weight is i mean it really sums up my philosophy and it's definitely the direction that my work is is going in it's It's essentially like for me my philosophy is that um if we live a life that is free of hate, if we try to unlearn hate, um, hate towards our body and hate just generally, we're going to live a much better life. And I think that the culture teaches women that if we lose weight, that we'll be happy. But what we discover is that when we lose weight, all we do is want to lose more weight and want to change more things. And so I think that what ends up happening is that the desire to lose weight is actually often based on hating our body and not loving our body. And so I really believe that if we shift our goals as women away from losing weight and to loving ourselves, that we will live the life we want to live.
1: Awesome. And uh, besides the campaign, you do coaching. So how do you help women embrace this concept?
2: Um, Well, the coaching is really fun because it's one-on-one and I really get to work with women Um, on the very specific goals that they have. Like, I mean, and my clients have a lot of different goals. Like, some clients really are interested in, in, you know, making their love life better, and they really want to know how um, body love can help them make their love life better. I have other clients who, for example, are working through relationships that are really hard for them. Like, they might have a relationship with their mother, and their mother might be really fat phobic, and they might need a lot of support around that. Um, I have other clients who maybe even have things like I want to start wearing cuter clothes. How can, can you help me start wearing stuff that makes me feel really good about my body? And then, can you help me discover, you know, um, things about myself that that I'm not that I don't feel safe owning? Like for example, I think a lot of women know that they're not happy because. They're expected to lose weight, and they know that's not the key or the road to to actual happiness or success. And I think that a lot of times they just need somebody who's with them, talking them through every day or you know every few times a month, um, just telling them like, no, you're not crazy, no, you're right, no, weight loss is not the answer, no, that is not going to make you happy, and really just kind of somebody who's almost like spotting them when things get difficult. So I, I work with a range of clients. Um, related to a, a really big range of issues and it's all really exciting because I get to sit with them and talk with them and, and really like um, figure out what their goals are. But my, my main goal is to create like an actionable plan with them, like to sit down with them and say, what do you want? How are we going to get there?
1: awesome and so if anybody is interested in getting you as a coach how do they go about doing so
2: you can just go to my website at um, and there, there's a coaching link that you, you can read everything about my philosophy and some of my rates as well so you can just email me um, look on the website and then email me right after
1: and so do you have anything else coming up uh, we should be on the lookout for
2: um, let's see. I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of things locally, um, in San Francisco. I'm doing a fashion show at the end of the month. Um, all of that stuff is on my website. If you go to calendar. Okay. Okay.
1: And the website one
2: more time. It's, um, V I R G I E T O V A R dot rcom
1: Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and I definitely want to get you back so we can talk in depth about the plus size community and and race. That is a a good, good conversation uh, to come. Yeah, that
2: sounds amazing, yes.
1: So um, thanks again for being on the show, and enjoy the rest
2: of your evening. You too. Thank you. All
1: right. Bye-bye. And last but definitely not least, is Spry Lee Scott. Award-winning celebrity fashion stylist, fashion savant, and international TV personality, Spry Lee Scott has been quickly infiltrating the fashion and entertainment industries. With a professional background in modeling, he has taken his creative input, passion, and extreme sense of style to another level. Becoming one of the industry's most highly respected and sought-after fashion stylists, Spry has worked with some of today's top entertainers, including T.I., Angela and Vanessa Simmons, Mary Mary, Lala Anthony, Bow Wow, Sierra, Neo, and Frenchie Davis, just to name a few. Spry's styling work has been seen in the pages of Essence, Maxim, Today's Black Man, Today's Black Woman, Word Up, Plus Model Magazine, and more. He has also served as a fashion editor for High Hair Magazine for almost three years. Spry was very instrumental in the development of Angela Simmons' Rundown, a teen fashion magazine, which led to an appearance on the third season of MTV's Ron's House. He was also recognized as Plus Stylist of the Year during Full Figure Fashion Week in 2012. Sprylee Scott's expertise in fashion, paired with his strong communication skills, has brought him to the front of the camera with with features on television shows such as Access Hollywood, BET Style, and MTV's You Hear It First. In radio, he briefly held the regular spot on 107.5, WBLS in New York, and as a fashion police commentator. Let's welcome the very, very talented Spry to the
3: show. What's going on, Shanice? I am gonna have to hire you and take you on the road with me. <laughs> I need that <laughs> interview. I need that introduction all the time. Well, you got it going
1: on because that wasn't even the full bio. You are very accomplished and I'm excited to have you on the show today.
3: And I'm so, excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Now, you started your career as a model. I didn't know that. So, how successful was your modeling career?
3: Well, it it, it went pretty well. I actually I was freelancing for a long time and I was pretty much working and if anybody is familiar with the modeling world, you know, to to work consistently in this industry is very hard, especially as uh, uh, an African-American model and especially as an African-American male model is even harder. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very fortunate to walk the runways of, um, I'll say, like Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren. I'm not going to go way back. 'cause then I'm going to start telling my age or if I said something <laughs> like boo-boo or Call Knight. <laughs> but um I mean okay, even with you were legit with an agent. Percentage. what you,
1: you were doing that freelance and still getting I was, those. I was designs. doing it
3: yeah, I was doing everything freelance. I mean literally right after the shows I was networking while all, all the other models were going out and, you know, in the crowd and partying, I was staying backstage and networking. And and then when I decided to get into it, um like really get serious about it and get into it. I actually signed with an agency, Identities New York, and um, maybe about three months into my contract, I just got bored with it and and I knew that I I wanted to do more than just be, um, as we say in the modeling world, a pretty face. So okay. I, I definitely so so mm-hmm. and and it's crazy that when I actually signed with the agency is when I was like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore, you know. So. uh but it was, it was a great run, and I had a, a great time doing it. I had, I, I loved the runway. I loved the spotlight. But I knew that um, there was so much more that I can do in this industry, and that's why I decided to move behind the scenes.
1: So how did you make the transition from fashion model to wardrobe
3: styling? Well, a, a, a friend of mine told me to look into styling, and as much as I had been in this industry – I never thought about it, but I've always loved fashion, loved shopping. You know, I was the one in my family to help everybody else get dressed. And my the agency that I was signed to, Identities Modeling Agency, um, the owner of the agency, Tim Harris, coincidentally used to be a fashion stylist. And when I went and spoke to him, I had a two-year contract with the agency. And when I spoke to him about it and I told him, you know, that I, I, I won't, Wanted to move in the direction of styling, he agreed to mentor me, and they actually turned my modeling contract into a styling contract because they had just opened what? up an art division. And I literally got on my first job with a national magazine, no experience, no portfolio. And I always, I, and when I talk to young people all the time, I tell them it's not just about what you know, but it's the way you carry yourself, it's how you show up to the job. And, you know, and, and so he, it wasn't so much that he knew I was going to be a great stylist, but he knew I was professional, and he knew that I was on time, and he knew that I knew how to carry myself, and that I would represent him well, and he was able to guide me through my first job, and it, it went off with flying colors, and I'm, I'm very... So that appreciative. was that was almost like it was meant to be. Absolutely, and and I mean, and it's funny because I started, you know how they say you started, I started from the bottom, now i here, I'm here. I actually started at the top, and then I had to go back, and it's like God. Now I got to go and assist people, and you know, and I had to. So I started. I got my first job at the top, but then I had to go back and really work my way back up the ladder. But it was a great experience and a great opportunity.
1: Now I also didn't know that you were fashion editor for High Pair
3: Magazine for three years.
1: Yeah, um, how was that experience?
3: Home. It was great. I learned a lot over there at Harrison Publications. And with Hype Hair, even though I was a fashion editor at Hype Hair Magazine, I had an opportunity to work with so many other magazines under the publication from Today's Black Woman, Today's Black Man, um, Word Up Magazine, uh, Do It, Try It Yourself Hair, so many SSX magazines, so many different magazines. But one of my greatest experiences was working with Angela Simmons uh, from Run's house and being able to work with her and help start her magazine, which was a, an insert in Word Up magazine for uh, we, I think it ran for maybe about six issues, and and that was really fun just to work with her from the in, from the very beginning of her magazine and help cultivate that and you know and really just put her on the map as well.
1: Yeah, and I I actually watched that reality show. I thought it was real positive, and I remember seeing her uh, creating that uh, during the show. So that was an exciting experience.
3: Right, right. And that was actually my my first time being back in front of the camera. I did appear on the episode. If y'all go way back, y'all would see me with my locks um, on the show. But, again, just working with Angela and and even – you know, uh, Vanessa came, well, Angela and Vanessa came in and uh, just doing some stuff with them. And it was really great. It was fun. I had a good time. And we had an opportunity to work with so many people from uh, Chris Brown to um, Ciara to Mario. So many different people just came through and showed love. Bow Wow was another one.
1: So you work with so many celebrities from working with the various magazine and doing your styling. Who are some of your favorite celebrity clients to dress? Because I know in L.A., sometimes you see people on television, but in real life you're like, eh, I'm good. So who are some really nice celebrities that you really enjoy working with?
3: Um, I would say as far as the men are concerned, T.I. was probably the – the, the one of the greatest experiences that I had just because, and not so much about the styling per se, but because he is extremely intelligent. And just the knowledge that he shared with me on set, and we had a great time. And it was even one point where we were arguing about uh, which button do you leave open on your suit jacket? And to the point where he called his mother to ask her, <laughs> To to get her to break the tie, and of course, you know I, I was right. I'm you know I'm the I'm the expert, but uh, <laughs> we we really had a good time with that. Um, as far as women are concerned, uh, it's it's so many that I I've had a, a, a good time working with a lot of my clients that I had long term ended up being my friends. But one of one of the coolest people right now that I'm working with is Frenchie Davis. And the one and the reason I love working with Frenchie is because she allows me to be a stylist. Like she lets me do whatever I want. She if I could say, Frenchie, you know what? I need you to wear this paper bag, it's the hottest thing. And she'll look at me and she'll go, All right. Well I'm gonna work it. And and that's what she does. And so and I and I love working with her and I'm I'm really proud of her and I'm excited. She went back to school uh, this year to finish up, and she'll be graduating from Howard University in May. And oh, I'll be dressing wow. her for the whole weekend.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And I'm speaking of Frenchie, you know, you are in mainstream fashion, but you are very plus positive, which is rare. So why do you think mainstream fashion doesn't totally embrace the plus-size woman?
3: Well, I mean, I I think that it's it's, it's so, this is like, to do this, we're going to have to do about two hours of talking um, (laughs) regarding that because I actually got my start working in straight size fashion. And it's so many different um, things that go into these decisions. But, you know, one of the things is it being sample size. And, And so a lot of people will say, well, you know, well, why don't they have you know, a size two, and a size four, and a size six, and a size ten, and a size twelve on the runway. But it's expensive to do that because what's happening now is that it's—I mean, again, it's, it's so much to go into. But they—they they have to—they—they—they—they they, they, they make what's called samples. So it's not where they're just showcasing these, these designs and then they're just throwing them away. But now you have the – mag. in order for them to advertise, you have the magazines and, you know, celebrities who are coming in and pulling clothes from these showrooms. So, like, if you see, for instance, you'll see who wore it best and you'll see um, J-Lo and then you'll see Kerry Washington wearing the same thing. Usually, a lot of times, it's the exact same dress. I don't mean, like, the same designer or same style. I mean the exact same dress. J-Lo had it this week to get back. Kerry Washington, stylist, came and got it the next week. And so it's harder for the designer. But don't you, don't you think that some of these global
1: brands have enough money to make a sample size and different size? I know, like, a struggling uh, independent up-and-coming designer doesn't, but you know, like a Versace. Don't you think they have enough money to make sample sizes and all I sizes I mean,
3: of big brands? I think they do, but you got to understand, again, is that um, if, if that was the case, then they're going to have to make a sample size for every single size. And so what they try to... So sample size, in a sense, is usually anywhere from the size 2 to a size 6. And okay. they try to... And, and, and I'm not... And, and, don't get me wrong, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just telling people mm-hmm. how it is. So you so that you right, can get a right. better understanding. Because at the end of the day, I love plus size. I I grew up with real women. You know, so I didn't I wasn't even exposed to size twos and size fours until I actually started working in the industry. The women in my family are real size women. You know, and so again, I'm not making excuses for these designers, but that's just this. Excuse me, this is just one of the the things that takes place in the industry. But again, it's so much more that goes into it because at the end of the day, I really feel that the the true woman that should be represented is the the real American woman, which is right. for the most case a size ten a size twelve. You know, but even when you right. do that. You're gonna have size four saying, All right, well, why they ain't making them in my size? Or you're gonna have size sixteen saying, Why they not making them in my size? And and it's right. just the industry and, and the way I see it is that if you want change in the industry, then you're gonna to have to go out and make maybe make the change yourself. Hmm. And so
1: I think you are one of the people helping to make change because you are active. Um, in the Plus community, and you even have an editorial in this month's Plus Model Magazine. Now, tell us about that.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Madeline Figueroa, the editor uh, at Plus Model Magazine, called me and asked me to participate in their Love Your Body issue. And, and usually with the Love Your Body issue, it's if, if anybody's familiar with Plus Model Magazine and the Love Your Body issue, it's not a lot of clothing. And um and and I was excited to be a part of it because even when I first started working in the plus size industry, what I wanted to do was to shed a light on plus size women or, or what I like to call real size women and show how beautiful they are, period. You know, not pretty because or you know, pretty for a plus size woman, but just pretty, period, beautiful period. And what I always wanted to stray away from was these boxy cuts and, you know, unflattering clothing. And I really wanted to show how sexy and, and sophisticated and vibrant and fun and trendy plus size women could be. So then when she called me to do this issue, it was like, wow, now I can really make them sexy, you know, and, and really show off the curves. And so I, I jumped on it. And, and I was and I worked with Monique who is a beautiful model I had an opportunity to meet her maybe like a week before and everything that I put on her she just rocked it and as a stylist one of the greatest things that can happen to you is when you pull stuff and the model or the celebrity, whoever's wearing it, looks good in everything. And I can say Monique looked good in everything, and she rocked it. And it was a pleasure. All right. Life.
1: And we can say Monique is with IPM Model Management, and um, she is looking really good in that editorial. Now, That's right.
3: And if anybody hasn't checked it out, log on to PlusModelMag.com and look at the, look at the editorial. It's hot
1: yes very hot now you also are on tv you're a tv personality and you're on a show called mad swag tell me about this show
3: mad swag is the best way that i could describe it it's pretty much a black fashion police and then, and unfortunately it doesn't air here in the united states but it does air in 54 countries throughout africa ireland the middle east and london And it is – I host it along with April Woodard, who is our entertainment reporter from Inside Edition. Also, Kim Lee, who is our makeup expert. She is responsible for doing makeup in the upcoming movie, Black Nativity. She also did um, Sparkle with Whitney Houston. She was the last person to work on Whitney Houston. And then we have Johnny Wright, who is our hair expert. And all I have to say about Johnny is he does – What's the lady's name? You may be familiar with her, Michelle Obama. Oh, and so oh, wow. we have a pretty tight cast, and it's great working with them. Just because from the first day we worked together, we all you you would have thought we knew each other for years, and we just instantly clicked. And um, and so, and, and it's mad swag. So we talk about celebrity fashion trends and. You know, we tell you whether the celebrity has mad swag or bad swag, yeah.
2: And, and, again, it
3: airs overseas, and unfortunately they just stopped the show because all of the offices moved over to London. But just because they stopped that show doesn't mean that they stopped this show. So you will be seeing more of Spriley Scott on TV, and you'll definitely be seeing me in the United States on TV.
1: And and the mad flag, are you able to pull it up online to watch it, or you you couldn't even you'll, do you'll,
3: that? You 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 will see clips. Unfortunately, um, it's it's so much red tape that we had to cut through in order to get certain things going. Um, even mm-hmm. with getting access to some of the some of the clips, but you can if you Google me Spryly Scott, you will see mm-hmm. you you see clips from it. Online, you know, go to YouTube and just put in Spriley Scott, or go to Google and put in Spriley Scott, or go to whatever search engine you have and put in Spriley Scott and put in videos, and you're going to see something coming up.
1: Well, you are very busy. Do you have anything else coming up we should be on the lookout
3: for? Oh, I, um. Yeah. Well, actually, I I am. I I just teamed up with um, Tara Taylor, who is. Uh, makeup artist who is just doing it big, not only in the plus size industry but all over. Also, Alicia Fajardo, who is a phenomenal hairstylist, and we teamed up together to bring you kind of like a dream team. Like, and 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 it's it's one of those things where when you work with people that inspire you. And mm-hmm. just make you want to bring your A game, and this is what I can say about these two women. And so we came together, and we just did a shoot with Lyris Cross. And if you're from, if if you know the plus size industry, you know who Lyris Cross is. And yeah. We did a we did a beauty shoot with her. Uh, well, a fashion and beauty shoot with her, and we and Stanley Davis shot it. And it was so great that we decided that we needed to do more stuff. And we just shot some stuff with Tammy Roman from Basketball Wives. And you're going to hear more from us. And we're actually looking to do some specials in the plus size industry. So all of those aspiring models, all of those um, models who need new stuff, all of those people who may not be a model but want to look like a model, Definitely mm-hmm. look out for us. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, just, again, it's Spryly Scott, S-P-R-Y-L-E-E-S-C-O-T-T. Very simple. Just follow me, and in the upcoming weeks, we will be putting some stuff out there. And you'll definitely be hearing more, again, more um, from us. All
1: right. Well, that was the exclusive
3: because you haven't even posted about it yet, right? We, you know what? We sure haven't, haven't. So, so definitely, this is a plus model radio exclusive coming from Riley Scott himself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you coming to LA for LA Fashion Week again?
3: Ah, I am. I, I I don't think that I'm gonna make it out there. Um, this, make it back out there this year. I definitely hope to be back out there. Um, in February, or um, I think, well, actually in 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 LA they do it in March. So I'm hoping to make it back out there. I just pretty much made the decision to be bi-coastal, and it's it, it's kind of um, new to me, you know. But I mm-hmm. I spend half my time on the East Coast, half my time on the West Coast, and then I spend a couple of months in Atlanta with my family down there. So. Just going back and forth. I'm just. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the way to balance it. But again, I, I thought I would be there for Fashion Week. This is, which is what I think is in the next week or two. But yeah, um, this I'll definitely be back in in 2014.
1: Well, awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I hope to work with you soon because you do fabulous work. And um, tell us your website one more time, so we can keep up with everything you have going on.
3: All right. Well, I'm not going to give out the website, and the, and the reason why is because we are working on some things in house, and okay, uh, we are def- we we will be launching the new website and an additional website, or should I say, we will be relaunching my website, and then we will be adding an additional website in 2014, so everybody just look out for that. But you can always find me on the social media networks. I'm on everything, Vine, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Social Cam, um, anything you can name, and it's all under Spryly Scott. If you want to look at some of my work, you can always look on Instagram at pound, oh, ooh, I said pound, at hashtag. <laughs> Styled by Spry. So again, on Instagram is hashtag Styled by Spry. If anybody wants to book me, you could definitely just hit me up on um, on well, I guess on my website. Uh, oh my dot ohmyspry.com. So it's O-H-M-Y-S-P-R-Y.com. You can still go in there and see some of my work, see some of my videos, see some of my past posts and some writing exa- uh, materials, some examples of my writing. But uh, if you definitely want to work with me, reach out to me, appearances, all of that, just hit me up, either the social media networks or on the website, on myspry.com.
1: Well, awesome. I enjoyed talking with you and continued success with everything you have going on.
3: Well, thank you so much again for hi- for having me. And, um, you know, and, and, and again, shout out to all of the beautiful women in the plus size industry, keep doing what you're doing keep keep your head up, stay strong, and just let everybody know that y'all are here and y'all are here to stay and y'all are coming on strong and I support y'all a hundred and ten percent
1: all right well, thank you for being on the show and enjoy the rest of your evening.
3: All right, thank you again
1: all right bye 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 bye. And- Thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week, and we'll have more industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show of being a guest, Visit the website at plusmodelradio.com, and if you haven't already, don't forget to join the Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed.